Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Man, that song like to messed me up. Woo! That's a... We don't have not done that in a while. We haven't done that song in a while. That used to be a worship song that's done a lot. And this morning, I kid you not, man, at 4.23, I just, I wake up. And I said, this series needs a worship song, God, and I don't have it yet. And he says, I'm desperate for you. You are the air I breathe. That is the song for this series. So I hum it all the way here with that big full moon this morning. I hum it all the way here. I'm a hummer if you don't know me. I can't sing, but mm, I can hum. Mm. I'm a serious hummer. So I was humming it all the way here. I was humming it while we were getting ready this morning. So these guys came at 6 and started setting all these chairs up. And I kind of got lost in the chairs and stopped humming. And I'm standing over there and Paxson moved into that song. And gosh, I got emotional. I was like, we don't talk. I, don't, I didn't know what we were singing. I mean, I have a worship pastor. I trust my worship pastor. And, man, that messed me up. I was like, wow, that is the song. That is the song. So we're in a series. We're going to jump into a brand new series. If you haven't figured out yet, we do series here, but we do them for a purpose. I don't, I don't ever jump into a series that I don't feel has been stamped by the Father. And, and not only stamped by the Father, I've got series that I think have been stamped by the Father. But there's a timing that is critical in series. And I believe this timing of this series is, 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 is just absolutely dead on this morning. I think God is going to do more in the next six or seven weeks of this series than probably any that we've ever experienced. And the reason is because we're going to pray first. We're just going to pray first. The series is entitled Pray First. So I want to ask you a question. What do you call this place, this house right here? It's been called a lot of different places, a lot of different names. Some of you may be going, well, it's called TCAP, preacher. You don't even know what church you preach in. This is called the church at Bushland, Okay. I know that, okay, but we've called this place a worship center, rightfully so. Some call it a sanctuary, rightfully so. Some call it a church, rightfully so. Kids call it big church, right, rightfully so. My mom used to call it God's house. I think that was to scare us. Make us act better in church. We're going to walk into God's house. You know how to act? Yes, ma'am. I was like a soldier, but I was afraid to breathe. And so, the Lord's house. But, but we, it's got all the things. But here's the question. What's the Father call it? What did the Father say 
call this place. Come on. All through Scripture, he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. I, I wonder if he calls it that, that we shouldn't call it that. If that's what he says I want my people to do, if that's not what we should do. I think there's a time, there's coming a time, and I think it's here, that the church of today and moving forward to the second coming of Christ better get on with what he says they better get on with. Because we've got to stop doing what we think we've got to do to catch the world and start doing what he wants done and the world will come here. I'm just telling you, man, we, there was a dog and pony show that's been running for about 15 years. And I'm not sure that any of the ponies or any of the dogs have come. I'm just not. But it wore out a lot of staffs and it sent a lot of pastors selling cars and insurance. I know I'm meddling, but I'm meddling. I'm just saying, the Father says my house should be a house of prayer. And it's high time the church get back to what Father says it ought to be. And that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. So I want to look at some scriptures. Because what he wants his place to be and be called is a house of prayer. Exactly that. Now, out of that will come a lot of things. It'll come worship. They'll come the word. But ultimately, it'll be grounded and sustained and built upon prayer. Look at Isaiah. Back in the Old Testament, Isaiah 56, 7. 56, 7. says, these, and I'm reading out of NIV, this I will bring to my house. This I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house. Hmm. My house will be called a house of prayer, watch this, for all nations. My house will be a house of prayer for all nations. So he jumps to the New Testament, and in Mark eleven seventeen, he says again, And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, my house... My house will be called the house of prayer for all nations. But you have made it a den of robbers. You remember when Jesus redecorated? You know, Jesus was the first on HGTV to be a home makeover. He beat them to that series. They thought they had it. But Jesus was like, I done trumped that. I trumped it. I trumped it. He did. He, he, he already we did that. He didn't spend a lot of time going over the blueprint. He just pretty much displayed the blueprint and the finished product all at the same time. It was a take it or, or, or that's it. Okay. So he beat him to it. Then in Matthew, another account of the same thing or the same story. Matthew 21, 13. It is, it is written, he said to them, my house will be called the house of prayer. But you're making it into a den of robbers. You make it into a den of robbers. Matthew 16, 19. This is what we're about to do in this series. 
I will give you the church, big, little, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever, whatever you bind on earth, you'll be bound in heaven. But whatever you loose on earth, it will be loosed in heaven. What are you binding on this earth that you need to loose? You bind a lot of things. There's a lot of bound people today. A lot of bound things. We're going to unlock them through prayer. We're going to loose the chains because we need to dance in heaven, but we also need to dance on this side of heaven. And we need to lose some stuff that we've been keeping, we've been kept bound. A lot of it because of our unbelief and our doubt. Our unbelief and doubt keeps us bound. Jesus wants his house, big church, to become a house of prayer. We always see that in Scripture. His, his desire is for this house, his house, to become a house of prayer. Jesus wants me and you, the little church, the individual church, to also be a house of prayer. See, when I'm walking around all throughout the week in Amarillo, as I'm doing life in Amarillo, Texas, and all the different places life takes me, I am walking in in church. I am the church. I'm walking out into this world. If I am a man of prayer, everywhere I set my feet into a place becomes a house of prayer. Okay? So if I'm at Young Bloods having bacon and there's a dude over here having a burrito, you know what we can do? We can have church and we can have a house of prayer. Amen. See, we don't see it like that. We, we see this as a restaurant, and I'm just going to go, and they're going to meet my needs. What if you go in there not so much for your needs to be met, but for you to distinguish your prayers throughout that restaurant to people? See, we have isolated prayer to the church. Oh, that's just weak. That's weak. Why? Is our God seriously? A, a, a dad asked God, asked her son one time, how big is God? good question let me help you with how big God is see some people don't think God's very big you know why because he's like us in that moon we are a long way away from him but see what I have found in life the closer you get to something the bigger it gets so your God's as big as you are to him the closer you are to God the bigger your God is Further away from God you are, smaller your God is. You know what happens when you have a small God? You pray small prayers. It just naturally happens, doesn't it? Well, God, if you're not too busy, okay, why don't you just go ahead and just quit? That's insulting the Father. He already told you, I want to. If God seems small today, it's because you're far away. You want your God to be big? Pull up a chair. Get a little bit closer and a little bit closer. 
Because you'll find out your God is the creator. He is unlimited. You'll stop praying prayers that you can do and start praying prayers that only he can do. Many of us pray prayers that we could do ourselves. So how many of you would say, I pray first? How many of you would say, I pray first? Because many people live life like this. They tie a prayer knot and hang on. They do. Or it's the last thing we think about. God says, I want it to be first. You say, well, that's super spiritual. That's oversaved. No, that's being biblical. He says, I want you to pray first because this is a house of prayer and you, the little church, is a house of prayer. And you and me, we have a relationship. And you are my child. You're a joint heir to me. All access to the kingdom is yours. You should come boldly to my throne with confidence to my throne because I know your name and you know my name. You know why we don't come first? Because some of us may not know his name. We're afraid he doesn't know ours. Pray first. From the smallest little thing to the giant little thing, you pray first. You pray first, your kids will pray first. And then your grandkids will pray first. And then your great-grandkids will pray first. But if you have a prayer knot and you hang on, they're going to tie a prayer knot and hang on. You need to cut the rope. Each of us in this series is going to get this book. I'll pray first. Okay. Today is only an introduction. There's six prayers modeled in Scripture. I'm going to break down all six of them each week, one a week. I do not want you to feel overwhelmed with this stuff, okay? I do not, okay? There's no pressure with this book. There's, there's, there's no need to be overwhelmed. This is not a book to intimidate you or to scare you or anything. This book is a guide, is a model, is a game plan for you, okay? If you will incorporate this in your life, it'll change you. Oh, it'll change you. You might say, well, it's going to change all the stuff going on in my life. I, I don't know. It has the power to. But what might just happen is it might just change you and not change the situation. And then change, because of your change, the situation may look differently. It may be approached differently, maybe one differently. The goal is simply to get you comfortable with different biblical models of prayer. If I ask you, how many of you pray a biblical prayer, a model of prayer in your prayer life? Many of you would probably say, no, I just pray the same thing I do every week. I want you to, I want, I, my, my prayer is that this prayer life, this pray first becomes, I want your prayer life to become more natural. I want it to become natural. I, I, I don't just want it to become natural. I want it to become effective. Amen. How many want a prayer life that's effective? Amen. That'd be awesome, man. That breeds confidence in you. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, 
A man of confidence, a woman of confidence, whoo, that's a scary thing, dude. That's a scary thing. We'll have revival in Walmart. That stuff starts happening. Walk down the aisle. Somebody needs prayer. You can just tell they need prayer. You just walk up to them and say, I want to pray over you. You just start praying all church bust out. It'd be great. That'd be awesome. Now, that's open up a can right there in Walmart, okay? I want it to become more natural. I want it to become effective. And here's the deal. I want it to become enjoyable. How many times have you said in your life, my prayer life is just enjoyable? Not a word we use very often. It should be. You see, it's not a get to. It's a get to, not a got to. I want to say that again. It's a get to, not a got to. See that lady right there? That is my wife. Not because I have to, but because I get to. I get to do life with her. Get to. Not I don't have to. We could pass like two ships in a night. We could ignore each other. We, act, we could act like renters. But I don't want to do that. See, when our kids moved out, I didn't have to say, who's this other person in my house? I knew her. She knew me. I know the little things that are interesting. She knows the little things that are weird, okay? <laughs> See, hers aren't weird. Hers are interesting. <laughs> Mine are the weird ones, okay? <laughs> That's how it is with you and the Father. Amen. I want it that close. Some of you know what I mean because it is that close. So you can be closer. Some of you are like, man, it's like another, another part of the United States for me. I'm like in New York and he's like in California. We're about to close the gap in Kansas. All right. <laughs> Geographically, sorry. <laughs> it's the middle. It's the middle, okay? So, so where's Kansas, huh? Don't Google that. We're in trouble if you have to Google that, okay? I want you and, I want you and the Father, I mean intimate, one-on-one. Amen. It's not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. When it becomes that, it's going to be rich, my friend. It's going to be rich. Mark 135, Mark 135, very early in the morning. I'm not writing this for me. It's really in the Bible this way. I'm sorry for all you that aren't morning people. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place. Where he prayed. Oh, my gosh. Someone said to me one time, do we really need to pray? Because he already knows. All right. So I said, did Jesus need to pray? Well, I don't know. I said, well, let's look at it. So I turned him to Mark 135, and I read this scripture. I'll let him read. I'll just spun it around. And he said to me, you mean Jesus prayed? Mm-hmm. And I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I know this. If Jesus knew you to pray, Jeff needs to pray. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. 
If he needed it, I need it. If he needed it, we need it. Pray. Prayer needs to become a lifestyle we cultivate. It needs to be so part of our life, it is absolutely our DNA. It's who we are. We are just a man or woman of prayer. That's what we are. It's who we are. Because we are a house of God. We are the church. And so when all the little houses of prayer come together, to this big old powerful house of prayer in here, I'm telling you, all church is about to break loose. And it's going to be cool. Jesus modeled it. We need to model it. If Jesus needs to do it, we need to do it. Okay? So look at three things real fast. And I mean real fast. Number one, you got to have a certain time. You just got to have a certain time. So, I, I don't want you to do this. But later on, I want you to do this. We put every stinking appointment we have in our phones today. Why is God not in there? Oh, it just naturally happens. Does it really? How's that working for you? For many of us, it's not working. He's a side note to a busy day. He's an add-on because we have to. Do we put our workout in there? You put Jesus in there. These phones today will tell you you need to drink more water. Do you really need to tell an adult that? I'm just saying. I don't understand. Maybe we have gotten that dumb. I just don't know. As a kid, I just, you get thirsty, drink water. I need a phone to tell me that I drink. Oh, guys, drink some water. Can I have your keys, please? Because if you need a phone to tell you to drink water, dude, I don't want to be anywhere near Sansi with you. I'm just saying. So what I'm saying is we got to put, we got to put time with God in our phone if that's what we need to do. And it ought to be a, a, a reminder. There ought to be an alarm. There ought to be a ding. There ought to be something that goes off. It's different than anything else that says the Father is waiting. When it becomes important to us, it'll mirror its importance to him. You want to know why Jesus was Jesus? Because he got up and met with the Father and he prayed. We got to make an appointment with God. Whether it's the first thing in the morning, it's a beautiful time, or at lunch, or in the evening, faithfully keep your appointment with God. If you're going to break an appointment, let it be with somebody other than God. Because every appointment you have after God will be so much better, so much more blessed if you'll meet with him. If he is first, show him he's first. If you do love him, show him you love him. If he is the father and he is as great as he say he is, make an appointment to meet with him. You'll be richer because you did. And not only you'll be richer because you did, and I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about rich, okay? You'll be more confident and more bold in who you are. You've got to have a certain time. Jesus had a certain time. Jesus was a morning person. Just saying. All right? 
Not saying if you're a morning person, that just makes you more like Jesus, but you're ahead of the other guy. That's all I'm saying, okay? <laughs> Get up before it all begins and before anything interrupts you and sit with him. I, if you do it at lunch, you do it in the evening, do it at night, you take a chance that he gets covered up or gets, gets taken, you know, somebody takes his place. But you, you got to do it first. You got to make sure it's a priority. You can do it at lunch and evening and, and, and at night, but you got you to really protect it. You got to really protect it. Number two, number one, you got to have a certain time. Got to have it. Number two, you got to have a certain place. You got to have a certain place. Having a designated place to pray helps us remove distractions and frees us to worship and pray, watch this, out loud. Come on. Preacher, we're only supposed to sing out loud in church. Buddy, if you're only singing out loud in church, you are broke. You broke. You need fixed. You need to go to the shop. Because, man, we, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. If you're breathing, you ought to be praising. You need to connect to the well, let him pump some of that juice in you, and do your bust out in song all the time. All the time. Make a certain place. Find your spots. I've got several different little spots that I, that I can go to. And, and, and here's the deal. I've been doing this a while, but here's the deal. They're all different for me for different seasons. Some of you know what I mean. Find some battleground. Find some spots. Find some places that are your sanctuary if it's in your house somewhere, let it be in your house. If it's at your office, if you have that ability, let it be there. If it's somewhere else, you know, end of a road, matter park, hiding somewhere, that's fine. But I'm telling you, you've got to have a certain place. And when you get to that certain place, it is not for anything other than the battle and worship and pray. That's your place. Got to have a place. Number three. You got to have a certain plan. You got to have a time. You got to have a place, and you got to have a plan. If you don't have a plan, you're in trouble. So I'm going to give you six plans in this series. But you, you got to have a plan. When Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, he gave them a prayer outline. Okay, we know it as the Lord's prayer. We're going to dive into that next week. He gave them a prayer outline. It is our Game plan. Let's look at this as our game plan. Sent from the Father to the church. Our game plan. Okay? We're going to have, we got a game plan. Okay? This is our game plan. It is given to us, not by me necessarily, but by whom? The Father. By whom? Our head coach. We have to execute that plan. We have to execute that game plan. You say, well, why? It's a big deal. I'll tell you the big deal. The enemy has a plan. He has a plan. He executes it every day. His plan is pretty simple. To steal, to kill, and destroy you. Do not, do not think that's not true. There are, there are marriages today as we speak that have absolutely been killed and destroyed. 
Was it there? Is, is that why they walked an aisle? Is that what they thought was going to happen? Mm -mm. Did they even plan that to happen? Not even really did that either. Do you know what they did? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands, and the enemy will come in and he'll kill you. If it's not intentional, it will get eaten. You've got to be intentional with your game plan, with your prayer. There's a battle going on. He's executing his every day. Jesus has one too. He, see, he wants to kill and steal and destroy. But Jesus said, I got a game plan too. Yeah. I got a game plan to give you life more abundantly. He wants to maximize everything you do. Here is your game plan. We're going to go through six model biblical prayers. I'm not asking you to pray all six of them. As we go through the series, I'm going to break down all six. And then one of them, one of them is just going to resonate with you. It's just going to be you. It's just going to be you. It may be for this season, but it's going to be you. It may be different than your spouse. That's beautiful. But I want you to go to war every day with that prayer. Yeah. Every day. Because why? Because if you haven't figured it out, we cannot, we cannot run the risk of failing to execute the plan he has. Because the enemy's got his plan. And he's not going to stop executing his. Pray first is the series. I'm about to release this church in a powerful way. I'm about to turn you loose to meet one-on-one -on -one with the maker, the creator, the God of all gods, the king. You're going to go to him and meet with him one-on-one -on -one, like a friend talks to a friend. And he is absolutely going to make you strong, bold, and reckless. You're going to be, whoo, mm, I don't even want to think about seven weeks from now. This is going to be one bad place. See, you don't have to say, we better call Pastor Jeff. He'll come pray for us. I will come pray for you, but I want you to attack it on your own. I want you to go after it. And listen to me. I'm going to give the wives in this church permission. If you need to smoke your husband's tail in this area, smoke his tail. And you tell that sissy to catch up. Just say it. So I sound like a coach all of a sudden. But I want you to smoke him. Smoke him. You know what the scenery doesn't do if you're second, right? It never changes, baby. Never changes. So if you want to be the lead dog, as God called you to be the lead dog, you better get up and go, boys. You got, this is the game plan. You got to go execute it. You want to command your troops at home? Get with the commander. When you sit with the commander... You will lead your troops with confidence. And you know who will go before you too. I'm calling on the church to become a house of prayer. And we're going to turn this place into a house of prayer. And prayer is going to change everything, my friend, everything. I'm going to invite you to stand. As the worship team comes up, if you're on the ministry team this morning, I'm going to invite you to come. And It's a little different down here. Just kind of take your spot. I don't want to wait.
I don't want to wait. I know next week we're going to jump into the first model of prayer, but we're going to start this day, today. I want you to start today saying your declaration to the Father, I'm about to pray first. I'm about to become a man or woman who prays first. And right now, begin to get that boldness going. Begin to get that boldness. So this morning, I'm going to pray for us. If there is anything in your life that you need to lay down, okay, to become that man or woman, come. If you just want to come here and say, God, I am, I'm stepping out of my comfort because I'm about to get uncomfortable so you can make me comfortable in prayer, you come. If you're looking for a church home, you come as well. But we're going to turn this place into a worship center. But in the midst of that worship, it's going to become a house of prayer. And I want you to attack it. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Your Holy Spirit has spoken. Your kids have heard you. And we're ready to do what you say. So, God, I pray that right now, all the boldness that the Holy Spirit can well up in us, all the confidence that comes from you will well up in us. And God, we will become men and women that pray first for your glory. Amen, amen. Let's worship. You come if you need to come. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.